Good morning, everyone, and welcome to chapel. Um, we are going to start off this morning by singing Over My Head. Uh, it's number 18 in Sing the Journey. It's the green book. <laughs> um, and I will be singing the solos, so just follow us.
Good morning. My name is Tamara Schantz, one of the campus pastors here. And this morning, I would like to welcome and acknowledge some special guests that we have joining us this morning. To my left over here are a variety of local pastors and people from local churches in the area who have joined us for worship. And then we'll also be, uh, we invite you to join them in Schrock Plaza for a cookie potluck following um, our chapel service. Um, find them, eat some cookies, and get to know some of the local churches in our community a little bit better. Thank you, all of you, for being with us this morning. As we continue in worship this morning, I would like to take a moment to recognize and remember that today is the eighth anniversary of 9-11. Please join me for a time of prayer as we, we remember those who were killed, their families, and how the rest of the world has been affected by this tragedy. Let's pray. God of comfort, God of healing, we want to remember this morning the thousands of people who died eight years ago. We remember the people working in those buildings. We remember the rescue workers who were also killed. Hold their families as they continue to grieve and miss their loved ones. God of peace, we also mourn the many repercussions that this act of terrorism has had in our world. We grieve the years of war that have followed, the tragic loss of lives around the world. We pray for the soldiers who serve and have served in Iraq and Af Afghanistan. We pray for their families. Bring love and bring healing to their pain. We pray for the people of Iraq and Afghanistan who have lost untold numbers of loved ones along with their way of life bring love and healing to their pain. We confess our complicity as citizens of a nation that has turned our grief into acts of violence. May we find our voices to continue to speak out against our continuing wars. Oh God, may this anniversary bring us as a nation closer to healing. Grant us hope that there is another way to live, a way to respond to terror that doesn't continue the cycle of violence. On this day, O oh God, hold us in your love. Amen. Now, shifting gears a little. For chapel this morning, we have invited um, three different people to share short reflections with us. Three students, or actually two students, um, Jenny Nieto unfortunately is ill this morning and won't be able to join us, but Annalise Smucker and Nate Manning, as well as one of our professors, Regina Shan Stoltzfus, will be sharing short reflections with us on the broad theme of speaking of faith. Here at Goshen College, we have the opportunity to live in a fairly diverse community. So although we are an institution of the Mennonite Church and the values and beliefs of the Mennonite Church shape and form our life together, we are by no means a homogenous community. We come from a wide variety of backgrounds and we bring a wide variety of perspectives on life and faith. So how do we speak to one another amidst these differences? Especially amidst differences in belief, 
differences even in the way we speak, the way we talk about faith and life, and about what it means to be Christians. Our speakers this morning will be sharing out of their experiences of difference, and I hope that their reflections will be a starting point for conversations about what it means to live as a diverse community of faith and how we continue to learn from this gift of diversity. As a way of responding, after every person has shared their reflection, we will sing um, two times through the refrain of Over My Head, the song we sang earlier to open the service, as a way to give thanks for the words that have been shared with us. Annalie, I invite you to come share with us. Good morning, everyone. Um, in the United States, the Mennonite church is growing fastest in cities. This summer, I was in one of those cities. I did the ministry inquiry program, which is awesome, by the way, um, in Philadelphia, PA, at Oxford Circle Mennonite Church. The summer was a profound and moving experience for me and got me started thinking a lot about how we talk about faith. I grew up in Lancaster County, PA, with what seemed like two brands of faith. One was the more evangelical and politically conservative brand that made me personally uncomfortable, and the other was my very own social justice brand with a strong work ethic and not many words for God. Honestly, I felt very uncomfortable with a lot of the language I heard for God, especially in the first brand, and this was especially um, apparent when I heard God referred to as male. So I grew up pushing against much of mainstream Christians' language for God. Then I came to Goshen and found many like-minded people who also felt hurt and excluded because of the centuries of this kind of God language used in the church. My frustration with this language caused me to stop speaking it for a while. My faith was still strong, but I really didn't want to talk about it. Frankly, this wasn't too hard to do here at Goshen. Sometimes on this campus, it's easier to talk about sex than it is about God. Like, honestly, seriously. Uh, this summer, I lived with a community of people who talked about God a lot and in so many different ways. And some of them made me feel uncomfortable and some of the language I really didn't like. But everyone was open, honest, and authentic about their faith. They lived what they believed and shared what they knew expecting others to receive their words with grace. Hearing the profound testimonies of sincere people made me a little less cynical and a bit more open to verbalizing my own faith in the language that I wanted to. The church is growing fastest in cities. There are many reasons contributing to this phenomenon, but I believe that this authentic language and spirit of grace is key. I grew up with the quote, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words, as a guide to living. And I still believe this to be true, and find some Christian language very hypocritical and abrasive. But that doesn't mean that I should stop talking or stop listening. I think that urban congregations are naturally more evangelical because there are so many people new to the faith that the church is continually encountering. It seems to me that this continual, honest dialogue about the essence of faith has made these churches very strong. I think the Mennonite denomination and people at this school should talk a little bit more openly about the hope that we have inside of us. 
The life of Jesus happened in a certain time, place, and culture, but the heart of the gospel is not culturally bound. Yet there's really no way to separate ourselves and our beliefs from what we know and have experienced. This goes for language as well as anything else with faith. Um, we see and hear the world through cultural lenses. It's nothing to be ashamed about. There are certain preferences we all have in the way we talk about God, and that's okay. The danger comes when we start equating God with the specific words that we use, because then our God becomes different than the God of the person sitting next to us. And when we start believing that we can only find God within culture and words that we are familiar and comfortable with, we close up and stop talking altogether. And I don't want that for this community or any others. Mayor for asking me to speak. Um, I grew up in a Baptist church, um, kind of evangelical right wing um, type of upbringing. Um, I was I played basketball here, and I was when I was recruited by Goshen. My mom went and looked on the computer and looked up the um, theological and doctrinal beliefs of Mennonites. And uh, the only big difference we can notice is like their emphasis on peace. Um, so we decided that's probably not a big issue. And, <laughs> Uh, but come to find out, there is a lot of differences uh, <laughs> from how I've grown up. Maybe it's just college, but there is, um, it's, it's a different culture here. And um, uh, many times we just assume that everyone believes what we believe. And uh, um, anyways, new things that were thrown at me. Um, I was talking to a friend about this last night. I don't understand how everyone here knows every hymn and every part to every hymn. <laughs> Um, I'm sitting here looking through the book. I can't really follow along, but I don't know. Um, also, um, I was in a, I got to be in a class with Bob Yoder, and he did uh, a few prayer exercises, and that was something I was kind of like, eh, this is a little weird. Usually when I pray, I just kind of close my eyes and do my thing, but um, uh, he had us write down, like, a prayer that we wanted to say to God, and then a prayer that, or his answer to our prayer. He had us write it down, and that was, like, even though I came into it thinking this is a little weird, awkward, I got a lot out of it, and uh, um, I, I believe that it's important to step out of our comfort zones because I don't think we can grow unless we do that. Um, a lot of us just kind of sit in our group, like we sit in our Mennonite group or our Baptist group or our Catholic group or whatever it is, and we don't go out and talk about it. Um, the other day I got to sit down and talk with a couple guys on my floor, and we, we had a like a guy that was um, grew up Catholic, a guy that hadn't really gone to church much, and then and we had like a pretty.
pretty deep, long discussion that we talked about um, faith. And I believe that those situations are um, really important and help us grow um, here on campus. Um, and also, like, by talking about differences and discussing, like, issues that you don't agree with, uh, with other people, it forces you to, um, to understand your own beliefs. You go back, like, I'll be talking to someone, and they'll say something that I haven't really heard before, and that'll make me go back in my room, look it, in the, look it up in the Bible, and decide what I believe, look at what they believe, and uh, just kind of figure out my own beliefs through that. Uh, so a challenge, just um, go out of your way and go talk to people about um, differences. There's so many different beliefs in here, um, in this room right now, so um, I feel like um, if we step out of our comfort zones, we can grow as individuals and as a campus. Thank you. my first real jobs as a young adult, real being like a real paycheck and everything, um, as a young adult was with a women's labor organization. I was in my mid-twenties or so, and the staff there, this was in Cleveland, the staff there was mostly women, not all women, uh, but it was a very woman-centered place to be, and I learned a lot, and it was in that place that my feminist consciousness was really raised. I had done some reading and my mom, um, although she probably would not have called herself a feminist, uh, in her heart truly is. And so I was, I was primed to be in that place, but it was the first time that I was really steeped in people who um, lived out their feminist consciousness. Now I was also one of only two Christians, as far as I could tell, in that place. And it was the first time that I was ever really challenged about being a Christian, about being part of a system uh, where people had some very definite um, stories to tell about being, being hurt by the church. Um, and I listened to those stories, probably not very well, because I, I um, was mostly feeling like I was in a, in a place of defending my faith, but it got to be um, so that I really didn't talk too much about being a Christian in that place at first. It was the beginning of a journey for me to put together those two very important parts of, of my life, that of, of being a feminist and of being a Christian. From the feminists, I heard the question, how could I be a Christian? How could you be part of a system that has done so much to oppress women who don't believe in some parts of the church that women are fully human, fully equal to men? How could you be a Christian? 
from the Christian side, the same kinds of questions. How could you be a feminist? How do those things um, come together? And that was the beginning of me really starting to work that out. A few years later in seminary, I found fabulous role models in my journey, in my professors, in the scholars that I was reading, in the way that I began to read the Bible or continue to read the Bible, because I had already been primed for some of these conversations in my upcoming, in my, in my home congregation. To me, they fit together very well, but they are two ways of speaking oftentimes. And oftentimes I find that I do have to balance my language and find a path that is true to me and has integrity to me that doesn't downplay either sides of those, those beliefs and those ways that I want to be walking about and moving about in the world. And there are other parallels that I could make, uh, not only with gender issues, but with race issues, with cultural issues as well. How do I nuance language so that I am not denying my own self and my own beliefs, but so that I am also not shutting out someone else's story, someone else's reality, and entering into a place where we can have a real conversation with one another. Today, I still claim myself as a Christian woman, a Christian feminist woman, but I am equally uh, liable to call myself a follower of Jesus because to me that brings it down to the bare essence of what it is that I seek to be following. If I say that I am a follower of Jesus, that potentially removes some of the anxiety about what kind of Christian are you? What does that mean, saying that you are a Christian? And it gives me room to say, this is what I believe, this is who I follow, this is who I am. Thank you all of you for sharing a little bit of your experience and thoughts on speaking of faith with us. Um, one thing I, I believe we are called to as Christians is seeking to treat one another and anyone we meet in the way of Christ. And I realize that this is a challenging calling and we often fall short of our ideals. So for right now, I would like to invite you to join me in prayer as we seek God's support um, and guidance as we seek to be a community that listens, that shares, and lives amidst um, difference and diversity. 
Please join me. Let's pray. Oh, sorry, before you <laughs> bow your heads. And a little instruction. I'm going to say a short prayer and then say, Oh, Lord, and invite you to respond with, Hear our prayer. Oh, Lord, hear our prayer. Join me in prayer. God of all creation, we confess this morning that you are the source of our lives. You have created a world that is wondrously complex and diverse. Help us to see this diversity as a gift from you. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. All too often, God, we approach one another with attitudes of suspicion, maybe judgment. We make assumptions too quickly. Help us, O oh Lord, to look for the good in everyone we meet. May we look for your face in those with whom we most disagree. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. We confess that we are overly busy people, God. We are often stressed and stretched beyond our capacities. In the midst of our busyness, may we still take the time to listen to one another. Help us to approach our lives with curiosity and a willingness to learn from any situation. O oh Lord, hear our prayer. Let us be open today, O oh God, to the richness and the miracle in meeting. As Abraham and Sarah welcomed passing strangers, let us entertain the possibility of angels in disguise. Let our eyes be opened, O oh God, that we may recognize in our neighbor the divine presence of Christ. Amen. Um, please join us in singing one last song in your Green Sing the Journey book, number 49.
you go from this place, may you be sustained by the love of God, the grace of Christ, the joy of the Spirit, and above all, the cookies in Truck Plaza. Amen.